reading this morning will come from James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Come now, ye who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. We'll be there in James chapter 4 this morning. It's good to see you here. Appreciate so much the songs. Um, that last song is really powerful if we would just let it sink in. Uh, God will take care of us. Um, it's very applicable to our lesson today. As you think about our culture uh, and how addicted we are to controlling things and taking care of ourselves, um, it's very applicable for us. And really, uh, I was thinking about this as we go through life. We like to kind of set our courses. We, we, we like to kind of use GPS on our life, right? We, we don't just plan out our direction across town. We plan out our path way, way down the line. Uh, we think about how, you know, even at a young age, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have this many kids and work at this job for this many years. And then I'm going to move here, retire, and and build this big house and enjoy it for the rest of my life, and, and it's going to be wonderful. I mean, we kind of have this sense of all these things that we want to accomplish in life. Um, but as we read and study James, we're going to see he kind of crashes that party of uh, you know, self-sufficiency and control. And he says, who put you in the driver's seat? What, what makes you think that you have all this power and all this control to bring about all these things? And if you live long enough, life tells you the very same thing, um, that, that things don't always go according to plan, that we don't really have the ability to keep things along the path of the GPS coordinates that we're, we're anticipating and we're hoping for, and sometimes the destination changes. And as we come into James chapter 4 this morning, we're going to see James tell us the very same thing that life tells us, uh, that we do not have the control that we think that we have. We do not uh, know everything that will happen in the future, and, and life throws us curveballs, curve and, and yet there is something that is eternal that we can hold on to and that we can trust in, and he tries to get us to focus instead on that. If you look at James 4, verse 13, the very first two words are very interesting. He says, come now. Now, he, said, he says, come now again in chapter 5, verse 1, come now. Um, but it's interesting because it's this uh, call for us to step, step away, you know. Get away from the ignorance that you have previously enjoyed and come over here and let's reason together. Let's rationalize. Let's talk about this. And, and, and let's stop blindly enjoying a life where we're snared to materialism, to ambition, to uh, pride. You know, let's, let's stop. Let's put aside all of the stuff 
that we've always sought after and always enjoyed and all the things that we've clung to so closely. Let's, let's come away from all that stuff and let's have a good conversation about our lives. Let's talk about real issues. Let's talk about real truths that, that most of our lives are spent trying to avoid and trying to ignore. Let's come and let's address these issues. Let's wake up and let's realize what's really happening. That's what James is trying to, to get us to see and to understand. That, that you need to come out of the trance. Satan has you snared. You're, you've been walking through the woods, chasing after that deer, uh, focused uh, completely on the task at hand, and a bear trap has gotten you and it's latched on and you're stuck. And he says... Get it loose and get over here and stop chasing that deer. Listen to this message that God is trying to get across to you. And then this is what he says. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Notice James says, come now, you who say, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that, and everything's going to go just like this, and then at the end of the day, we're going to have this wonderful prophet, and what a wonderful life we're all going to enjoy. He says, come here. You, you say that. You, 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 all you who say that, y'all come here. Now, is anybody here excluded from that? Anybody here saying, well, that's not me. I don't have... A plan for anything in my life. You know, I don't have any desires or any future uh, in mind as I'm living my life and doing all the things that I'm doing. That's all of us, right? Uh, and he's saying, what does your planner look like? How does it, how does it look to you uh, in the days ahead? What do you have uh, that you're expecting to happen this month, next month, uh, this year, next year? What's your five-year plan look like? What's your 10-year plan look like? What's your retirement plan look like? All of you who have plans that you've conspired and you've decided that you're going to live out this life in this way. You're going to go into that town where there's a, a booming business for the, the thing that you're good at and you're going to spend a year there and you're going to make all this profit and then you're going to come back and enjoy all these blessings. You come here. Let's have a little conversation and, and let's talk about this. Now, in saying this, James is not saying plans are evil, okay? If you're sitting here like, well, yeah, I've got plans. Is there something wrong with that? No, he's not saying plans are evil, okay? But he is going to point out a major flaw in most of our planning. As we create all these plans for ourselves, uh, he's going to point out that sometimes we map out our futures without considering God at all. God's not even on the map. We got the GPS uh, going in the straight course to success and happiness and, and what we think will give us everything that we ever desired. And God's not even in the picture. And it, if, there's no, if there's no stops 
for God, oh well, we just got to make good time. We got to get there. We got to enjoy life to the fullest. And that's what it's all about. James says, all you who busied yourselves, are you leaving no room for God? Are you just focusing on yourselves? Are you focusing on your own successes? Are you focusing on your own lives and the things that you can accomplish for yourself? Your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, your this-year plan, your next-year plan. Where is God in the midst of all those plans? How much of a part does He play in any of them? Have you just ignored him? Have you just removed him as insignificant as something that you'll do on the side whenever you get around to it, whenever you have time? James is pointing out that's our tendency. Our tendency is to sideline God and to focus on what's really important to us. You see, that's what we see happen over and over again in the Old Testament. It's what Israel does in the wilderness. They're just so focused on their promised land. They don't care anything about uh, learning to, to do what God wants them to do. They don't really care anything about uh, you know, suffering and, and glorifying God and worshiping God. They just want the, the blessings, man. Just give me the good stuff. That's what I'm here for. That's what this life's all about. And they're upset whatever God says you can't have them yet. And they try to take them for themselves. Because God's not really in the picture for them. He's not in their plan. Success, prosperity is in their plan. Saul's the same way. Over and over again, God gives Saul a command and, and, and Saul says, well, I've got this, this thing that I'm really wanting to happen and God said to do this. He said to wait for Samuel, but I really want this to happen, so I've got to make it happen for myself. Even David, pursuing Bathsheba, is taking God out of the picture to pursue what he thinks will really give him satisfaction. Jonah's is a perfect example. As God says, here's where I want you to go, Jonah. And Jonah says, I don't like that. I'm going over here. <laughs> I'm going the opposite direction. I'm going where I really want to go. You know, this is time and time again. Men have this tendency to see where God wants them to go and ignore that and choose instead to go where they think they can find the most happiness and joy in life. James says, if that's you, come here and listen to me. Pay close attention to the things that I'm about to tell you. You have no idea what the future will hold. There's always a fault in every plan that we make for ourselves. Because the truth is, we don't know what's going to happen Next, We have no idea what's going to happen next. In life, as we said, there's curveballs. And, and you know what? We, we reach the thing, we reach the destination that's going to bring us happiness, and guess what? It doesn't bring us any happiness at all. And all this sacrificing God that we've done in order to reach it was for nothing. And all the while, we've grown further apart from God instead of closer to Him. You know, in life... We think that we can dictate and control the outcome of everything all along the way. And we prepare all kinds of safeguards to prevent anything bad from happening. You know, we choose our, our spouse carefully to make sure that they'll never, you know, leave us or forsake us. Uh, we, we, we worship, we go to church so that we're on God's good side. We have his approval so that he'll give us all these children 
and, and we do our best at work so that we'll never lose our jobs and that we'll have all this money and we work really hard and we do all these things to try to safeguard ourselves against failing to reach the destination. But you know what? Life doesn't care. This world doesn't care about our safeguards. Spouses die. Spouses get deceived, commit adultery, leave us. Babies don't make it, don't come. Jobs don't last. You get laid off from the most secure job anybody could ever obtain. All these things that we're pursuing in life that we think are going to give us the happiness and the joy... They are not able to do that. They fail to measure up. They fail to give us what we really want. James saying, you don't know. These things seem so sure to you. It's like a sure bet in the stock market. It seems so sure to you, and you just pile, pile all your money in there. You have no idea. You know, in the last few years, it's just been this, oh, it's all going to fall. It's all going to fall. It's all going to fall. And it fell, and it came back. And it fell, it came back. You know, it's, the stock market's all over the place. Life's like that. You have no idea. Everything might be pointing this direction, and then life throws you a curveball, and it goes the other direction. And you make all your plans preparing, but it was for nothing. So James is trying to lay for us a foundation uh, of a perspective shift. Okay, This idea that you make all these plans, and you have no idea what tomorrow will bring. You don't have any control over a single hair on your head, as Jesus said. You're making all these plans thinking you can fix everything and you can do all that. And James says, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you think that it's a good idea to plan your life around what you really want and leave God out of it. See, we have no control. This is the perspective shift. We need to see this. James wants us to see this. We have no control of the things that happen in our life. But God does. He has complete control. He could change every aspect of our lives in an instant. And he could change them back in an instant. He has that level of control. We do not. And we can make plans and we can work toward those plans. And, and we can accomplish much. But at the end of the day, it's because God lets us. We have no control over the, these things that we're doing. And, and we see that we don't know what the future holds. And we don't know anything. We don't know what other people are thinking. We don't know what other people are doing. Whether that's going to affect us negatively or positively. But God knows all those things. God knows the minds and hearts of all those around us. He is, he is aware of the workings of of, of people across the world and how their workings are going to affect you in your home at, at a specific time and date. He knows everything. And as we think about all of that, we need to understand our lives aren't our own. They don't belong to us. If we don't know everything that's going to happen to us. We don't know anything that's going to happen to us in this very day. 
And we don't have any control over the, the abilities or the, the desires of the people around us and what they're going to do. Then we don't really have any control or ownership of our own lives. Except what little bit God gives us. See, God is the one who has control. God is the one who knows. God is the one who controls. God is the one who has us. Who we belong to. And we can get upset and say, no, I own my own life and I rule my own life. That doesn't make it any more true. It's not true. We don't. We belong to him. He created us. He sustains us every second of every day. We are his. We are not our own. And so all that pride and arrogance that James is saying is in us, that we say, I'm going to go into this town and I'm going to spend a year there and I'm going to trade and I'm going to make profit, is just all foolishness if we really believe that we can make all that happen without God. If we are going to ignore God in our planning and our decision-making, that's foolish. He says, this, this very poignant question. What is your life? You know? Come now. Think on this. Consider. What is your life? It's a mist. It appears for a little while, and then it disappears. How quickly does a mist disappear? You've been outside in, in the early morning hours when there's this beautiful fog rising, and the sun, beams of sun come through, and, and they, they just sparkle it all up, and everything's beautiful, the dew's on the grass and everything, and then it's gone. It's dried up in an instant. He says, that's your life. You're here for just a little bit of time, and then you're gone. You're not going to be here forever. You're not going to stay. And, and that's depressing. <laughs> James isn't trying to give us, you know, encouraging, happy-go-lucky, ignorant, you know, ignorance is bliss, just enjoy being ignorant kind of news. He's giving us depressing news, but it's the truth. There's nothing false about what he's saying here. It's the truth. We need to think differently about our lives. We need to understand we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed the rest of today. And so how should we spend today? How should we spend tomorrow? What should we be focusing on? You see, James is trying to get us to confront the fact that we are mortal, the fact that we will die. Growing up, I always had this kind of perception and thought about death. I don't know why. <laughs> it's not as though a bunch of people around me died. Nobody ever, I mean, my, my grandparents lived to be in their 90s. You know, nobody around me had really died. I had animals die, I guess maybe. That, that opened my eyes to some of that. But I always had this percep percep perception that I could die today. Having children felt like, you know, they could die any day. I could die any day. And it's depressing. I mean, it sounds depressing, but it's true. And, and what James is trying to help us understand is you can't place your hopes in the things that are here, that they're going to last forever. If you're doing that, you're deceiving yourself. 
You're just, you're, you're just tricking yourself to think, oh yeah, everything's going to be fine. And maybe the, the anxiety of knowing that it could all fall apart today or all fall apart tomorrow or you know, your child could die today, your spouse could die today, you could die today. Maybe the anxiety of that is overwhelming to us, but we need to overcome it. It's the truth. It is what it is. It is the, the way it is. And so our hopes can't be placed in the things that are here. And that's why we have anxieties, because our hopes are placed in the things that are here. And if we were to come to the realization that the things that are here will disappear in an instant, then we don't have any hope. And that's where those anxieties well up inside of us. And James is saying, you've got to stop thinking this way. You've got to stop focusing on things that will be taken away from you. You're, you're ruining your life. It's this short little vapor, and you're making yourself miserable in the midst of it. And he's trying to get us to turn our attention to the eternal. He says, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. See, James is trying to change our GPS. He's trying to uh, direct us. And, 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 and get us in the right path, and he's trying to do that by our words. Instead of saying, I'm going to go to this place, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, he says, instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, I'll live and do this or that. Now, why is the words, you know, James is big on words. We've talked about the tongue a lot in the book of James. Why are the words being mentioned here? You say this, but you should say that. Well, because the words come from the heart. Okay? The heart that says, I'm going to go into this place and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that is the heart that is proud. And earlier, James says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You see, James is painting the picture for us that the, the heart that is proud is a heart that is thinking it's self-sufficient, that doesn't include God in its plans. And that instead is just so focused on the joys and the pleasures that can be achieved. And James is trying to help us understand that approach to life is faulty and it has to shift to thinking, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Now, this is a phrase that we'll hear people say a lot, right? And this sermon is not intended to have people all the time saying, oh, if the Lord wills, oh, if the Lord wills, oh, if the Lord wills, oh, if the Lord wills. Hey, that's great. You want to say that? Fine. That's wonderful. But it's the meaning behind it that's important. It's the heart that constantly thinks and considers that our plans are not going to be based on what I want to do, on what I want to happen. Because I recognize I don't belong to myself. I belong to God. God is the reason why I live. God is the reason why I have the opportunity to do this or to do that. So every opportunity that is before me, I consider how God would feel about that opportunity and how I could glorify and magnify God in fulfilling it. See, that's what James is trying to get us to do. To see that we exist not for ourselves, but for God, to know him and to make him known to people around us. 
That's why we exist. And so the heart that says, well, if the Lord wills, then I'm going to do this. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to live. I may not live if the Lord doesn't will. And he, and he says like Paul, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Because I'm here not to live for self. But I'm here to live for Christ. I'm here to live for God. Now, is that you? Is that you? You see, right now, we're at an intersection. Okay? James said, come here. Listen closely. You're following the wrong course. And you can choose to continue down that course to ignore everything that I'm telling you right now. But it will be catastrophic for you. Your life will be full of meaninglessness. And these temporary things that you're trusting in can be taken away. And you'll be miserable. Or you can make a turn. And you could focus your life on things that are eternal. You could live for God. And you know what? In living for God, you can have plans and you can, you can seek out certain things and, and have you know, desires in your heart that are not necessarily you know, focused on uh, preaching the gospel or uh, you know, attending church services. You can do other things. It's not as though you just become a monk. That's not what he's saying. But whatever you do, it shouldn't be about yourself, but it should be about God. The decisions you make should be about God. Uh, to, to love your spouse, to love your children, to love your brethren, to, to try to evangelize and reach the lost through all kinds of different means. It's for God. It's not for self. And instead of thinking, I'm going to do that because I can make a profit. I can get wealthy and I can have all these wonderful things happen to me. We have to think, I'm going to do that if the Lord wants me to do that. Because really, I'm not doing that for myself. I'm doing that. To glorify him. Because I understand life is a mist. And if I'm just living for myself, then I'm wasting my time. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your mist? Your little bit of time here on earth. You're going to spend it pursuing earthly goals and passions. Or... Are you going to use whatever those earthly goals are and passions for God? And if they can't be used for God, are you going to sacrifice them? If those goals are making you so busy and so focused on self that you're not serving God as you should, that you're not learning and growing closer to God as you should, are you going to cut those things off and redirect your life? I tell you, in my life, I've had to do that. I've had to do that. Pursuing engineering. I tried to just do a little bit of God on the side and even preach on the side. Man, I was, I was zealous, right? Tried to remodel a house at the same time. A lot of different irons in the fire and recognized I'm trying to, to go to my own destination and I'm not really focused on what God's destination is for me. And I had to make that choice to just lay all that stuff down and, 
and pursue a simpler life where I can focus my life more on God than on all these things that do not matter. At the end of the day, Solomon was right. Everything under the sun is meaningless. It's like grasping after the wind. It never gives you what you're really seeking. But there is something eternal that we can grab onto, and it's worthy of all our time and all of our effort. So make sure that that's what you're pursuing in your life. Make sure that God is first and foremost in all of your decision-making and put him first. Uh, consider how you can spend more of your time glorifying God and simplify and remove all the busyness and all the things that are unnecessary and all the things that aren't producing any profit in your relationship to God. Consider removing them as hard as that might be, maybe losing relationships with people around you, maybe uh, causing financial strain or suffering. Consider removing them and redirecting your life so that God is with you every step of the way and that he's being glorified and receiving the love and the adoration and the work that he deserves. If you're here today and you've not obeyed Christ and God, you've not submitted your life to God, that's exactly what we're talking about this morning. Submit your life to him. Not just saying, I will, uh, I'd like to be baptized and I'd like to be called a member of the church here, but really committing yourself to serving God faithfully in every aspect of your life. And it's not a small thing. It's not a small task. But if you've been considering it and you know what you need to do, I hope and pray that you'll make that decision today. Please come forward as we stand and as we sing.